Welcome to the A Very Full Plate podcast, where we're all about food, wellness, and parenting in the real world. If you have a very full plate but still want to live the healthiest life possible, you've come to the right place. Every week, Amy and Emily are breaking down different strategies for raising a healthy family, often with the help of awesome guest experts. Want to hear more from Amy, our resident natural foods chef? You can find her at Cooking with a Full Plate. Want to hear more from Emily, our expert personal organizer? Find her at Hall Harmony Homes. Hello, everyone. It's Amy and Emily. We are excited to be here with you today. This is, I don't know if you guys know this, maybe you noticed in the in the show notes leading up to this, but this is officially our one year anniversary episode, meaning for the last 52 Tuesdays, we have been publishing an episode of the A Very Full Plate podcast, sometimes separately, sometimes together, often with guest experts, but we have been coming into your ears for 52 weeks now. And we just wanted to pause today and celebrate one that we've accomplished that because I think accomplishments deserve celebrating. And two, to share some of the things we've learned over these 52 episodes with you as a way of just recapping what happens when you show up on a weekly basis to do something 52 times. So whether you've been listening for 52 weeks or maybe this is your first episode of the A Very Full Plate podcast, we're here, we're going to debrief, we're going to talk about it, and we are excited to celebrate with each other, Emily and I, and also with you as listeners. And thank you for tuning in and listening and encouraging us as we went along on this journey. So Emily, so excited to have you here today. How are you feeling about this 52nd episode of the A Very Full Plate podcast? I feel that it has been an awesome adventure and special for me, a great outlet and very eye-opening and Somehow it feels like it went by really fast, but in other ways, I think back to a year ago or maybe last February when we were first talking and I'm like, wow, that was kind of a while back and a lot has happened in both our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how time is super fast in some respects in other ways. It's sort of the days are long, the years are short kind of thing. Um, Yeah. as, As you were talking, I was thinking like, it's so much like parenting. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, I am so tired. And where did the time go? Yeah, like you're exhausted, but so much happened and you barely remember it. So it kind of feels like that. And we did call it our baby podcast. So it's it's grown and it's we've had a lot of lessons learned and I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it. And I've always appreciated how much you help hold up the whole process and made sure we were accountable for releasing every single week. And we pulled it off. We did it for a year. So let that, <laughs> let that be an inspiration to our listeners who maybe have their own podcast goals or other goals in their life that they're maybe hesitant to just dive in and just start, you know? Definitely. I love that as a great place to start. So let's start with just talking about what did you, and I'll talk about it too, like what did you learn from committing to doing something for a year and working together to make it happen? Like what can we take from this and apply to other things in our life, probably health and wellness in a lot of ways too. Well, I learned that when one person's having a harder time, it's so wonderful to have somebody to kind of pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, I, I felt like you did a lot of that 
and there were some times where I felt like I was able to do it for you. And that just shows you how important it is to hold each other up. Um, you know, yeah, go ahead. I just love that idea of holding each other up and definitely we sort of like shifted and changed like who could do what, when, and I am so proud of us for flowing with that. I also think it really taught me the importance of accountability that yes, it's important to show up for the people who are here to listen. It's also really important to have a partner who has similar goals to you, even if that goal is just showing up 52 weeks uh, so that you can support each other and so that you're not in it alone. And I think that applies so much to health and wellness for sure. If you're trying to establish a fitness goal or you want to eat more vegetables or you just want to drink a green smoothie every morning, right? Like having someone who's going to make that green smoothie for you when you're not going to do it yourself, aka, you know, the partner that lives in your house with you, but also like just someone who's going to encourage you and cheer you on and like be in it with you goes a really long way in health and wellness and parenting in my mind and podcasting as it turns out, if anyone's wanting to start one. Yeah. And you know, I want to hear what you have learned from it as well. Mm. Yeah, I would say I learned the power of action. So one of the things that I didn't expect going into this podcast is that I would be learning so much from the folks that we talked to, from each other, from just taking on a new venture, like learning how to edit podcasts and put them up and all those things. And I think what I realized is like, you can't plan your way into the end state of where you want to be. And this is a habit that I've had for so much of my life is just wanting to get everything just right before I start it. And I know someone listening will resonate with this where you're like trying to find the perfect workout plan or the perfect eating plan. And you're trying to like plan your way into health or plan your way into less craziness in your family life or those kinds of things. And what I learned from the podcast and what I learned daily from my kids is that you just can't spend all your time planning, that plans go awry and that the only way forward is through sometimes very small baby steps and just taking the action. And then the next right step, the next person to talk to, the next way to approach the podcast, all of that reveals itself only through moving forward. That was a big one for me. I I totally understand. I think something that even young people in their 20s think about, and and I'm only saying that because I'm starting to understand it in my 30s, is we're always looking for that final piece to make us happy or that final thing. You're looking for this final destination, but for some reason, it's harder to wrap your head around how each step is just a step in the right direction. So what makes you happy today doesn't mean it's going to make you happy later, but you have to be flexible and willing to look for the what you're being called to do and you know, be happy with that journey changing. Not like, oh God, I thought I wanted to do this. It turns out I want to do this. That's not a failure. That's just part of the journey and that's just part of the process. And there's no end game. There's just, let's try this and see how it goes. And let's try this and see how it goes. And, and that's way more fun and less pressure, right? I'm at like being 20 something years old, being like, what do I want to do in my life? What's the job I'm going to do forever? Well, guess what? You're probably not going to do the job you do forever unless you really love it. And that's fine too. But you get what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. You don't know that now and you can't know that except by trying it. Right. And so 
I think like for anything someone is feeling a big calling to do, like just get started. And, and here's the other thing I learned. Um, and I, I do want to point this out. We committed from the get-go that we were going to do this for one year and then we were going to figure out what happened next. And I think there's a lot of power in that too, where I see the opposite also where people are like, I'm going to start a podcast and a YouTube channel and I'm going to, you know, try this workout program. And then the next day they're trying another workout program. And the truth is, is that your journey is always changing and you don't know how it's going to change. So there is so much to like being flexible and nimble and just open. There's also a real power in committing to something and giving it a chance to play out so that you haven't just like thrown a hundred billion pieces of spaghetti at the wall and none of it stuck because you didn't even wait to see if it did before you moved on to the next thing. And so that's something that I am really going to take from this experience is the power of whether your timeline is a month or a year or five years, depending on what your goal is, is really the power of setting a goal and giving yourself a timeline to like, yes, grow and assess and learn within there, but also not to keep changing directions a million times a week. And that totally, that, that, that message resonates with my old career in marketing, because I would have a lot of clients who would be like, that didn't work. And they like sent like one, one off email, you know, and tried some marketing tactic. I'm like, you know, you need to wait like at least six months to wait for a tangible result. You just, you can't just throw things at a wall and hope something sticks. And then if it doesn't, you're like, well, I'm never going to do that again. Yes. So I I agree with you setting, setting this sort of timeline goal and setting a goal and push, even just following through with it, even if it turned out to be the wrong thing, quote unquote, accomplishing that and doing, doing what you set out to do is, is huge. Yeah. And I, and I think this idea of like, is it the wrong thing? If at the end you decide like podcasting isn't for you, like, I think it's actually totally the right thing because now you have more information that you've collected and you have learned something undoubtedly about yourself, about how to do things like about all of this. And that's something I'm really trying to embrace in my life is just this like learning perspective. And something that I have really appreciated about all these interviews we've done on the podcast too, is just like, I learned things that I didn't even know that I should have asked questions about. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like a research. Like what's, yes. what's something that you learned that you were surprised about in our conversations on the podcast? So I actually thought through, I have three things, which we could go me, you, me, you, whatever, or I sure. can listen out. I don't care. But, um, there were three podcast interviews that really stuck in my heart and a lot of them were fabulous, but sometimes things just resonate with you. And, um, our conversation with Natalia Stasenko, I think her her name was Mm -hmm. about the food relationship for yourself or your children and how important it is to let them choose and how, you know, she basically was like, put the small dessert with the meal, like get past it and move on and don't put it on a pedestal. Like the whole process for me, changed everything about our everyday eating for the most part. Also changed my perspective on what it meant to teach a child to eat healthy. It's not, you're empowering them. You're not telling them what to do. And that, that shifted my thoughts on food that shifted my thoughts on raising my kids with food and it shifted our whole household. And I loved it. And I was so grateful for that information at that time in my life. So when my kids were young, that was huge for me. 
I totally agree. That was a big one for me. That was a veryfullplate.com slash 20. And I'll include that in today's show notes, which is at a veryfullplate.com slash 52. I am with you hundred percent. That was one of my favorite conversations personally, because it did, it changed everything in my house too. This idea that there's no battle to be fought around food and there's no prize to be won for being perfect about food, perfect in quotation marks, whatever that might feel like to you, right? Is that it's all similarly to what we were talking about with what we've learned with the podcast. Like it's really just a process and there's no final destination. And embracing that and saying like my kids, it is my job to decide the what, the when, and the where of our eating. And it is my kid's job to decide how much or whether they're going to eat at all. Like Mm -hmm. that is such a game changer when you don't feel like you have failed as a parent if your kids didn't eat. Yeah. And it even carries over to other parts of life. Like at times I would have to say to my daughter, like, this isn't your worry. This is mommy's worry. Like you docked Mm -hmm. that on me, not on you. That's too much pressure for you. You're not supposed to worry about the big problems of the world. You're supposed to worry about making your bed or being nice to your sister, or those are your worries, you know? And, and, and being the parent who's like, no, no, like just being able to communicate that to your kid, like that's not for you to decide. And that's yes. good for you. You, you don't need that yeah. pressure. Yeah. That is such a good extension. And I would extend it even to us as parents. Like where can we let go of worries that really are none of our business, right? Like it's so easy to then think like, well, then I have to carry all of this, but like, there are absolutely things that we as humans don't have to worry about either. Right. If we can like focus on our business, whatever that might be. And that's a really cool extension of a food lesson. I hadn't thought of it that way. Mm. Well, but I have a worry, you know, I have a worry word in my hands. So she's always like, well, what about if the house burns down? I'm like, that's, that's mommy and daddy's worry, not yours. And right. she, at one point she's like, oh, okay, good. Like she felt like she had to <laughs> worry about things. That was her job. I'm like, no, no. Interesting. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's a digression, but, uh, <laughs> Do you want to talk about something you learn next? Because I don't want to just go with, ah, these are all my things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, I'm trying to think through our conversations. Uh, one of the other ones I really loved was with Melanie Potok, who was kind of in a similar vein around kid feeding. I really appreciated her discussion because she talks all about like having fun with food with kids that has nothing to do with eating. And I think so often I have like really narrowly focused on do my kids eat broccoli or do they eat cauliflower? And she has this cool book. I'll link to it in the show notes. And in her book, she has recipes. Yes. But she also just has activities to do with your kids with food where you're not even talking to them about eating it. You're just doing something fun. And so inspired by that conversation, my kids and I got her book and we made cauliflower sheep, like using cream cheese to like stick them together with pieces of cauliflower. So fun. Like the kids were having a blast doing it. And all of a sudden I turn around and my four and a half year old is eating raw cauliflower, which is something I would never even think to offer because it's not a food that I like. And it was just really eye-opening. And I was so appreciative to that conversation and to the podcast for the opportunity to have those kinds of conversations to realize that exposure to food is so much broader than just eat, eating the food off a plate. Yeah, that's a really good point. I actually, I, I had forgotten about that. And I saw something just yesterday about like um, St. Patty's Day, like peppers, if you like stamp them in green. Mm-hmm. You can oh, cool. make a little steam pass 
sleepovers. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. And I never did it, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah. So same idea. Um, so I also loved, I forget, was it, was it Melissa or her name was, um, earlier on as well, who talked about something that I'd never articulated before, which is, you know, how people are like either really awesomely strict and fit and on it, or like feel like they're off the wagon. Mm -hmm. And she, she just talked about that, the gap between the people um, that are successful at it and those that are not are, is that skill set to be able to get back on the wagon on your own terms in a short amount of time, meaning like focus back on your health and you have your motivation and your why. And that's like such a specific skill set to be able to say, Oh, I fell off the wagon a few days ago, but I know I'm going to get right back on it. Like having that skill is what makes the difference. Cause you can be so on it and so healthy and exercise every day and whatever. But if you're the kind of person who, if you fall off, you're screwed, you know, you don't have that skill, then you're not actually like necessarily having this healthier balance of life. You're, you're in an extreme one way or the other. And I loved, I just loved that point because I was like, that's, that's like the if factor, if factor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I appreciated her like shedding light on how that was a skill you have to build and really nurture that skill rather than trying to nurture this strict schedule. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because I think it has so much to do with what we're teaching our kids about food too. And this actually like harkens back to your point around Natalia and teaching our kids to eat well is not only is that an important skill for us to build ourselves for long-term health and wellness and to stop this battle with food, which I use in heavy quotation marks, but also isn't that exactly what we want for our kids for them to know how to like ebb and flow with life and enjoy all the abundance of what makes them feel good and not be constantly fighting against this thing that you do at least three times a day. Like yeah. Pattern of yeah. Eating. And so I think that there's like so much goodness there. I'll, I'll link to that episode as well. That was with Melissa Rhonda. And I think that was like episode 11 or something. So look for that in the show notes. If you want to hear that conversation, I I'm so glad you brought that one up for, yeah. for me, I would say, going along with that. Another thing that I learned is in the early days of the podcast, probably like the first 15 episodes, we were really focused on having conversations with other busy parents about how they were making healthy eating happen. And I love remembering those conversations because I think what I took away from them was that we have so much in common. And it's really easy to look at other people and say like, wow, they've really got their eating nailed or they've really got their fitness nailed or their family life isn't nearly as busy and chaotic as mine. And what I learned in having those conversations and what I continue to learn in having the conversations we have now is just that we're all struggling to make everything happen in this busy, crazy world as parents. And there's no magical answer. The only way is to find out what works for you. And the only way to do that is via trial and error. Mm. And Mm. it actually goes along with the podcasting point is like, if you are shifting and changing your approach every minute, then you never actually collect enough data to find out what does and doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about those conversations is that there was no magical answer, but there also were some like common things that everyone was doing. Like, I just remember breakfast for dinner was a common theme that like everyone could get behind. Yeah, absolutely. 
I love doing it. And it's not something you're going to like see on Pinterest or like here's a sexy thing, but it's just like, it's real life. Yeah, I know. And I was actually just talking to a friend this weekend about how they like, they're so wiped at the end of the day that so often it's breakfast for dinner or macaroni and cheese or whatever, because they're just like, ah, there's no time to cook anything. The kids are like ready for bed, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, you're totally right. That's such a great takeaway. And I'm thinking about it now, like, wow, it's funny. Um, <laughs> you know what I was thinking about was remember when I had like the starstruck moment and I interviewed the um, USA Olympian triathlete, yes. what was her name? Oh my God. Rachel Branke. Um, Rachel Branke. Yeah. I wanted to call her Rebecca for a second. Um, what I liked about the interview with her was just how upfront she was about having hired and enlisted lots of help in all different facets of her life to make all of the goals and the life happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a do everything myself, you know, kind of like I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And not that I'm hiring anyone, but I did think about like what, you know, what things am I, what things do I really care about me doing and this, the sacredness of that. And how can I help other moms who are like just pushing it off? You know, like, I don't want to do this stuff. So that's a big part of what I do is my job is do the stuff no one else wants to do. And how that's sort of like a lot, a big supportive network of moms. Like some moms love doing one thing. So let them do that for your kids. And some moms, you know, have this business where you go in and organize their house and get it ready for when they get home from work because they just want to do their job and come home. And that's one way like you support each other is like playing to your strengths and admitting that you can't do it all is so important because you shouldn't have to do it all. And it's not fun. (laughs) It's miserable and it doesn't make sense and you burn out. So I just appreciated her candidness and being like, listen, I have gotten a lot done in my life, but I did it with the help of lots of people. You know, it wasn't just, I'm just not, I'm not superhuman, you know? Yeah. That's such a good point. And that is something that I've really been leaning on heavily. And I, I talk about this some on social media at cooking with a full plate, but for me, it's like the reason that I buy workout programs because the things I'm good at are showing up at the gym and working hard. The things I'm bad at are deciding what to do at the gym when I get there and knowing what I need to do to like progress towards my goals. My goals being getting as strong as possible because it's just a fun goal to have. So um, if that's my goal, then there are people who are much better suited than me to create that programming. And it was that inspiration that inspired me to start doing meal planning and shopping lists and recipe development for folks because I felt like, why are we all doing this? Like, why are, you know, however many million parents sitting in house every week, if they're lucky and planning out their week of recipes and searching to the depths of Pinterest to like create a shopping list when like one person could feasibly do it and people could edit from there. And so it's such a similar idea of like in fitness, in health, um, in eating, like where can you rely on frozen pre-made things that you can feel good about, right? Like you don't have to make everything from scratch. And we live in an amazing time where you can buy zucchini spiralized noodles at Target. So do it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and You're right. That's really an extension of that idea of like, yeah, it, organizing is definitely not my strong suit. Like why would I spend a month trying to clean out and organize my house when there's something someone much better suited to do that. And I think there's like so many ways that we can extend this idea outward, outward, outward to 
release some responsibility on ourselves. Yes. Like that's a huge part of it. But I think even more importantly, and maybe this is a shift I've had to make in my mind is then it allows me to focus on the things I'm really good at. So it's not that I'm trying to get things off my plate or like clear myself of responsibility. It's that I'm trying to make space to focus on my zone of genius. That totally makes sense. You're finding your niche and you're sticking with it. And absolutely. And I think we all have that, right? Like even if you have a job where you go to work from nine to five or probably longer, um, if you're going into an office and you just want to spend time with your kids when you get home, like that can be the way that you invest also. And I think that that's a big thing that Rachel talked about is like how she made time for triathlons and family and this career by being kind of ruthless in the things that she wouldn't do as well. Exactly. And we did have another guest who was fabulous on who just talked about how, you know, they both work full time. They bought food almost every night out that was pre-prepared, brought it home. And she blew my mind a little bit because I never, I think I would have maybe not passed judgment, but I would have been like, that seems so silly, you know? But then she talked to me about how she didn't want to spend the only 45 minutes she had with their kids cooking a meal. She wanted to be with them. And I was like, totally foot in mouth. Like you're right. Like that's totally legitimate. And that's no wonder you just like pick up the food and then you eat it and then you all play for an hour before they go to bed. Otherwise you don't even see your kids, you know? Isn't it funny how there are some things that like never even cross your mind as a possibility. And I would say for me, this is true too, where I have just this preconceived notion that you have to cook to eat healthy. And I follow a woman on Instagram who is single, does not have kids, but she's, and she's kind of like a, a fitness lady. Like that's where she has her um, business. And she is unabashedly, oh, she unabashedly owns the fact that she does not cook. Like she buys lunch is salad from Whole Foods or like from some other place. Like she'll get salad bar. She relies on like some protein bars and those kinds of things, but she just doesn't cook. And I was like, you know, what if we expanded our definition of all these things or expanded the way in which we could approach certain things that maybe isn't the way that everyone else is telling us we have to do it. So I definitely, I love that conversation and I love the extension of it too. It's making me think that like another thing that another episode that I really loved was our conversation with, um, Oh my God, I can't remember her name now. Oh, was our conversation at, with Allie from Hot Mess to Mindful Mom. And she talked all about like the importance of mindfulness in parenting. And it was one of our first forays into really talking about wellness in addition to healthy eating. And I just think there is so much to be gained from giving ourselves a little bit of quiet space and time to pause. And she really reminded me of how even the busiest people, especially like busy moms who might feel like they're the ones with the least time to do that are probably the ones who can benefit from it most. Yeah. I loved that episode and I loved it. It was kind of an inspiration episode for us to segue into specific health topics. Um, I know. And, and we all make excuses because it sounds like you get behind on your list of to-dos or get behind in your life by stopping and doing something like that. But how important it is and how much you never regret it afterwards is just more inspiration to keep up with it. Um, I loved that episode. I love, and I also love her 
name, like her business name. I'm like, how yes. who can't relate to that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's my life goal is to go from that to that. Um, or you live somewhere in there, you know, she was fabulous. She was fabulous. Oh, you're making me like think back to all these awesome guests we've had and how lucky we were this past year, the first year. Yeah. I feel so fortunate to have had all of these conversations and had people give us their time so generously to share their wisdom. That has been a real gift and to give our, and for our listeners to give us their time so generously to listen in and learn and glean things that they can take and run with in their lives. Yeah. And have patience while we're total novice podcast hosts and just (laughs) take what you can from it, you know? You know, I was, so I was at a podcast conference recently, as our listeners may not know, and it turns out we cannot call ourselves novice podcast hosts anymore because there is this phenomena called pod fading where there's like so many people start a podcast and then they're like eight episodes in and they're like, wow, this is really hard. I don't have a podcast anymore. So having 52 episodes, I think really sets us apart. So we are no longer novice podcasters. And I think that's the perfect place to segue into what comes in, shall we call it season two of the event podcast? Yes. I think we should call it season two. I think that's the perfect, (laughs) that's the perfect name for it is... (laughs) As our baby is growing, it's walking now. So yes. <laughs> so season two is something Emily and I have been talking a lot about behind the scenes, trying to move forward intentionally in our lives as we try to do. <laughs> I won't say as we always do, try to do. Just mm-hmm. like most of us, taking the time to figure out like what fits, what doesn't, where are things going? And I think that conversation has revealed a few things. So I'll talk about what it's revealed for me, Emily, and then maybe you can talk a little bit about what it's revealed for you. I think what, considering all that has revealed for me is that I really want to spend this next year in my business focusing on my zone of genius as much as humanly possible with two little kids. So my zone of genius is helping busy families eat healthy and enjoy the process enjoy the process of cooking, enjoy the process of eating the food, enjoy the experience of eating together. And as much as I'm like so passionate about wellness and fitness and all of these things, it's just not my area of expertise. It's something I do in my own personal life and I'm happy to share it here and there, but I just really want to get back to focusing on the food. And it's funny because this has been a theme in my life in a lot of ways. Like when I was at Whole Foods and I became a trainer and then I was leading a team of 10 trainers. The thing I said when I decided to leave was I just want to get back to the food. And so I feel like I keep being pulled back closer and closer to just like food, making food happen, talking about food, talking about strategies around food. And and that's what I want to spend this year doing is getting back to the food. So that's kind of where my head is at. How about you, Emily? So and I love the way that you keep being called to something because that's something this podcast has taught me is that the universe is listening. And if you're, if you're ready for it, it will bring you to where your next step is. And, um, so I am very much of that belief and I agree with you that you are going to be so sure of yourself growing this business that no, I tried diverting away and it brought me back here. (laughs) It's so important. I think as, as people to know that you've exercised all these options, especially in a world where kind of 
in some ways you have opportunity to do a lot of different things and it can be overwhelming. Like, what should I do? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go in this mm-hmm. direction? But for you, this is just keep, it keeps proving to you like boiled down. This is what you want to be doing and spending your time and effort in. So that's what you're going to do. And good for you for recognizing that because it takes a lot of, you know, taking risks and time to get to that point. And now you can, and now you can provide, provide that to our folks. And for me, I have been feeling very called to getting more training in some of these more bigger wellness areas. Like I had told you, um, I'm interested in studying more homeopathy and sort of just dabbling in all these things, because I think I come from this like whole mindset perspective, doing what I do. I see how unhealthy people are. I'm talking about like mental health, physical health, social relationship health. And I see that there are so many ways that people could be supporting their systems and their brain and their bodies. And I want to be able to be a resource for them. So I've really been honing in on like small things I can do because I'm not in a position with little kids where, where I can just like go back and become a naturopath or like go back to school, (laughs) move somewhere far away, study some random thing and intensively. No, but what I can do is maybe become a yoga instructor and teach meditation and study us like a course at a time at homeopathy or whatever, just to be a resource for people. Not because I want to be the expert. I just want to help people because many people come to me and I feel often like I'm unequipped and I send them to somebody else. And I would rather be able to give them one or two pieces of advice that are helpful because I know it works for me, but I want to be more broadly useful in that sense. So that's where I'm going with my life over the next few years. Um, And I've learned a lot of that through listening to the podcast and how I'm so drawn to those almost like life coach guests and people who are just trying to help people who are in clear need and are feeling really scattered and get confused and they get uh, all kinds of conflicting information from professionals. And so that is my, my number one goal in life is to be a great resource for people. That's it. When it comes to your health. And, And I've been able to figure that out. I've been able to like do that as a professional organizer a little bit on the side, like when people have asked, but, um, that's where I feel called. And that's why I'm going to be kind of feeling back on how often I come into the conversation here and it's more like applicable times and you'll be able to run with this awesome food ninja tips and you know menu recipes and all that really good juicy stuff that I can't wait to hear because <laughs> I need that just as much as anyone else. Awesome. I mean, it is with this conversation has been happening behind the scenes for a while. So if I seem like not overly emotional about it, it's because I have been processing already, but I, this, this moment feels bittersweet. Like a lot of moments in life where I am really excited for what comes next in terms of like having a little bit more focus personally. And I just, this podcast in a really hard year of my life has been such a gift. And the friendship that has come out of it has been the biggest thing for me. Like forget all of the other like business building stuff and all of that. Like for me, these conversations with experts and all of that, yes, have been amazing. But Emily, like your partnership and friendship in this has been really a highlight of, like I said, a really hard year. So I totally agree with you. And the fact that we magically got together in July in person was a highlight of my year. Yeah. Wait, we're still going to do that this year, right? I, I sure hope so. Okay, good. Okay. In my plan. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, but I just thought that that was so magical because I thought, oh my gosh, am I ever going to meet this girl in person? I don't know. <laughs> and um, it did, it happened. And once again, like I said, universe brings things to you and you can grab them or not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I think just, we decided to, we decided to grab this. And, and I think that's what's happening here too, is like, as, as our next step, we're grabbing the next logical thing, right? And this is what I was referring to earlier is like the right next step for each of us has revealed itself. So what can you listeners expect from the podcast coming up? Things will be shifting and changing a little bit, just like they've been doing the whole time, whether we said it or not, because we are feeling out what the right space is. Um, what you can expect in the near future is that I am going to be showing up a lot more on my own. I will be really focused in those episodes on talking about food-related questions, things like, do I really need an Instant Pot? Or how can I get dinner on the table faster? Or what eggs should I buy in the grocery store? And my goal with these kinds of episodes is to keep them under 20 minutes so that you can listen to them after you drop your kids off at school, or maybe even on the way to school and have your kids learn a few things too, and really answer those essential questions that so many of us get tripped up by when trying to nourish our family and cook more often. And so that is what I'm going to be testing out for the next few weeks here on the podcast. Your feedback would be amazing. Your feedback around what questions you might have that you want answered, your feedback around what you think of these episodes as I try them out. This is all a trial process. And if you have thoughts on this, you can email me at amy at cookingwithafullplate.com. I would love to hear from you. Um, and then once I get a few of those under my belt and kind of feel out how they're going, then we'll figure out what happens next. Undoubtedly, I know experts will be coming on. I'm really excited to continue having those conversations. And already we have one scheduled to talk about like recycling considerations when it comes to food purchasing. This one is going to blow you away because first of all, April's Earth Month. So we're going to be focusing on that. But also just like there are a ton of things about recycling food packaging that I had no idea about. So I'm excited to bring tidbits like that, really focused conversations with guests who can talk to us about specific things that might be cycling on your head, but you don't have time to look up or think about. They'll just show up if you're subscribed to this podcast in your ear. So looking forward to that. And then of course, Emily, as your journey continues, and I think also just as like fellow moms, I can't wait to continue to have more conversations to pepper those in to revisit some of these less tangible, more challenging things that we have always benefited from discussing together and also bringing in some of that wisdom that you collect as you go through your process um, to revisit that with folks. So this is not the end of Emily on the podcast, but um, it's going to feel a little bit different. And I want to be upfront about that from the get-go because I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but um, I want to develop this in partnership with our listeners who will hopefully be helped and inspired by the content that's coming up next. Absolutely. And I will totally come on whenever possible, whenever applicable, and I'll be listening to your episodes when I am not. I can't <laughs> wait. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I, this is like, this is to be continued. I know this is not the end. Um, but more importantly, this is a celebration of one year of showing up on this podcast. And can I just say, Emily, like I have so much gratitude to you for, um, 
all of the wisdom and vulnerability and honesty that you brought to this podcast, your willingness to like learn and grow and adventure together in the face of like not really knowing where it was taking us or why we were doing it, just that it was what we were supposed to be doing at that moment uh, has really been an inspiration to me in my life overall. And then, like I said, your support, whether you knew it or not in a really challenging year of my life has, has really been a light for me. So thank you. Oh, I love you. I, I feel totally the same. And I, I feel like you couldn't have put that better if I could just reflect it back on you and say ditto. <laughs> um, it's been such a great journey and I'm happy to be that person. And I was so excited to just jump on board for this ride. And I still, I love it. I loved it. I love it. And um, I think it was the right move. And um, I don't know if we, either one of us would have done it alone. And that yeah. was the cool part. I think that's exactly it. And that's like, goes back to that accountability thing is like, I don't know that it's not that, not that we couldn't have done it alone. It's just that it wouldn't have felt as good, you know? And, and we had to get our feet under us and we had to use it to point us in the next right direction, which for me, I've loved podcasting and I want to like continue showing up here. And it showed me that I like need to focus a little bit more that I have a unique space to share and to be able to share that. And I think for you, it showed you that you have like this really broad space and maybe a podcast right now isn't the right place to be exploring it because you have so much work to do in like amassing more of that wisdom and then like sharing it individually, which is something I love about you that you're like always having these conversations one-on-one and in person. Yeah. I, I just, I feel more comfortable in that atmosphere, I guess, but yeah, it's great. Oh, good. Awesome. Well, all right. Listeners, thank you. Thank you for however much of this year you have spent for us. Your showing up has been encouragement to us to continue showing up. And I think that's a really important lesson as well. So next week, things will look and sound a little bit different. Again, if you have ideas about what you want to hear me talk about, email me at amy at cookingwithfullplate.com. Emily, if they want to find you and follow along on your journey, is there a good place for them to do that? So if you go on Facebook, if you're interested in friending me, I, I'm open to that. Or if you go on Facebook and search um, Harmony at Home Organizing, you're welcome to follow me there. Um, and I am also on email, emily at allharmonyhomes.com. Awesome. That's it. All right. Thank Take you. care, guys. Thank you so much. Take care.